Males are born. Men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week is Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast. Always wonderful to have you with me where we call out the greatness in men to change the world, serve society, make women and children and our band of brothers and other men in the world powerful and strong and able to fulfill their destiny. How's that for a welcome? Hey, it's the top of the year and I'm excited about 2024 and I'm eager to dive in. And I want to start with a principle in this podcast. It's a principle I want you to apply to your life. I've mentioned it before, but I'm feeling it strongly at the beginning of this year, and I'll tell you why in a minute. This is the principle. Great men live their lives in light of their death. Great men know that they will die. They know that death could come at any moment, and they live their lives in light of of their death. Now, there's a phrase that I have used before and I love very much. I probably quote it every day of my life. It's from ancient philosophy, but it's also been portrayed in recent movies. And it's this, live every day as though it were your last, because one day you're sure to be right. Now, that's said with a little bit of sarcasm, uh, but I believe in the idea that we should live in light of our death. We should be thinking about our death. We should be aware that we're going to die. And we should be allowing the possibility of our death, whenever it comes, to to reflect on our lives and to cause us to live more meaningfully. And this is the way the ancients thought. Uh, There was a phrase they used to use in the ancient world. It was memento mori. Memento mori. It's basically simply remember death. A little bit more expanded, it means remember that you will die. Our founding fathers era, by the way, here in the United States, uh, they believed so much in this. They were impacted so much of this by this, having been influenced by uh, the ancients through the Renaissance and the Enlightenment. Um, They actually signed their letters that way. You can find letters written by the American founding fathers where they signed off in Latin, memento mori, remember death. The reason was not to be negative or dark. The reason was to say, hey, we live a more meaningful life if we remember that we will die. So I sign off this letter by saying, my friend, remember death. You'll live more vibrantly. You'll live more meaningfully. You'll live more fruitfully. Winston Churchill said once, when the tones of life ring false, we should refer to the tuning fork of death. And all throughout history, people have thought they would live more meaningfully if they ponder death. American tourists are often shocked uh, to go to the temples, the cathedrals, the universities, the great buildings of Europe, and to see how many times there are skulls built into them, or skulls and bones, or um, or images of crypts and things like that. Why were those there? Was this some kind of a cult thing? No. This was a way in architecture of reminding people that they would die. And by doing that, the assumption was that people pondered their death, pondered the condition of their death, pondered what they'd like to have to accomplish by their death, thought about the meaning of what they wanted the meaning of their death to be, 
that they would live more meaningfully. Now, I have had a year, and even in the last few days, in which a lot of deaths have occurred. I just simply know a lot of people, and I know people of all ages, and deaths happen. Deaths have happened in this last year because of military things. Deaths have happened because of accidents amongst people I know. Um, Deaths have happened because of age, uh, even of relatives. So I'm around death a bit more. I also travel in war zones. I know people who are on the front lines. My life has been filled I don't mean this as some negative commentary, but just because, you know, being a military brat, et cetera, I've uh, had more death around me. And so death is a little bit more near for me. I'm more aware of it. I, As a Christian leader, I've held people as they died, et cetera. And uh, I'm grateful, not that, not that people I loved died, but if people are going to die, I'm glad that I'm close to it. Because in the West, especially, the issue of death is kind of sanitary. Somebody dies, people close the door. Uh, The ambulance comes and gets them or the funeral home. They're taken to the funeral home. They're dressed in a suit. They're sanitized, cleaned up. There might be an open casket and they're buried. We're not close to it. We don't have wakes. Uh, We don't live with the body in our home for a while. We don't bury them with our own hands. And I'm not trying to be morbid here. I realize everybody probably listening has had some painful death and I'm not trying to be flippant about it. But I want you men, especially at the top of 2024, to ponder your death. You know, I teach all the time that we should be living our lives from the control room, that all of us need to have a place and a quiet time on a regular basis where we are scanning our lives, pondering our lives, thinking about our lives from the standpoint of what they ought to be, what's right, what's wrong, what doesn't measure up, what needs fixing, so that we're living intentionally and we're living from the control room, I call it, which is not really so much a place as a condition. It's you sitting quietly alone, maybe with you know something to write in your hands, maybe your Bible's nearby, maybe you've got a drink in your hand, whatever, and you're pondering life and you're pondering your life, and you're thinking about it. You're asking God to help you uh, reflect. You're asking God to shine new light on your life so you can live the life you're made to live. I believe in this. And part of that reflection ought to be pondering your death. We're all going to die, and some of us are going to die sooner than later. And as you come to the end of the year, you look back. I, I, I imagine like you, you, you watch, you, like I do, you watch the year-end people we lost this last year kind of video montage that we see all the time. What celebrities, what famous people died in this last year? And it's always pretty surprising to me. I mean, I'm very news aware. I'm reading news all the time. I was aware of those people when they died, but I, but I get to the end of the year and the total weight of the people of prominence that we lost and people of impact and people we loved, it's huge. Death is going on all the time. We're just removed from it. And I think at the at the top of a year, at the beginning of a year where we're making resolutions and, and being intentional about how we want 2024 to end, we should be pondering our death. What do you want said of you when you die? What do you want to have left behind? What do you want the meaning of your life to be? I teach this. I do this. I do it at men's gatherings. I'm, I'm a big believer in this. I sign off some letters, memento mori. And still this year, because I've had death a lot around me, I've, I've thought about my life more intensely from the standpoint of dying. And I have found new things surfacing that I don't feel like I'm tending well, that I don't feel, I, I, you know, if I died tomorrow, I don't believe that my life's meaning in retrospect will be fully what I want it to be. The impact, the meaning for certain people, 
the things I've built and left behind, I'm, I'm challenged a bit, and I'm going to live differently this year, give differently, invest differently, earn differently, partner a little differently than I have in the past. And, and I'm not saying this because, hey, shock, Stephen Mansfield's human, uh, but because I've been doing this for years. I do it every year. I do it dozens of times during a year when I speak at big men's gatherings and so on. We talk about this. I talk about this all the time uh, with men and with leaders. And yet this year, I come to the same reflections and I come to some conclusions that aren't, aren't necessarily happy for me. Because if I die tomorrow, the picture's not complete. Well, I'm old enough for that picture to be complete. And yet in another 20 years, just to be more complete. <laughs> so I don't mean to be morbid. I'm not trying to bring darkness and depression into your life. But we will die. We will cease to breathe the spirit will leave the body. And as a Christian, I believe that absence from the body is to be present with the Lord, and I believe I'll be with the Lord Jesus. However, though I take great comfort in that, of course, and it's a lot of the meaning of my Christian life, there's still the issue of what I leave of my life as a legacy on earth. And face death makes me ponder that. So do this. Hopefully you're taking my advice and you are having that control room experience. I suggest it's once a week. A man sits alone. And again, I've said it many times. Might be on the back porch with a stogie. It might be, I know a guy who sits on his roof. Uh, I know a guy who goes out in the woods and sits in his deer blind when it's not deer season. <laughs> whatever, wherever, whatever quiet place you find, it can be the jacuzzi. I don't care. It's about the quality of time and then the fact that you need to be alone. And you are thinking and scanning every aspect of your life, your marriage, your children, your work, your friendships, your health, your finances, your insurance, your wills, everything. You're thinking it through. Every part of your life, it'll be different every time, I know, but you need to make sure you're scanning everything from time to time. And what will it mean if you die tomorrow? And by the way, at a very practical level, if you, if you realize, hey, if I die tomorrow, I don't have any life insurance and I've got people dependent on me. Hey, I don't have, you know, these these documents in place. Man, I am, as you know, I'm fierce about this. Dang it, you have a will. You have life insurance. You get that stuff solved. I don't want to see the families of the people who are under my influence anyway left destitute because some guy didn't get or get around to relatively inexpensive life insurance or to having a will so that the state took things that could have been passed on to their heirs. I'm fierce about this. I've seen disasters happen and amongst people who should have known better. I've watched lawyers mess this up with their own families and then die. And it's a disaster. So get on it. But I'm not primarily talking about the legalism. I'm talking about this. At the beginning of 2024, you sit quietly. You ponder your life. You think about the idea that you're being laid in the ground in 48 hours. What is right? What is wrong? What is missing? What is good? What needs fixing? What needs reconciling? What needs building? What needs redirection? And then imagine that you don't die for 20 years. But let death be Churchill's tuning fork in your life. And live the noble life that you're meant to live. Because this is one of the great arts of great manhood. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your man's event, go to greatman.tv. 
There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.